Welcome to another edition of Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. And on this episode, I had to bring in someone that is uh, definitely Duval to the core. But she is definitely someone that is a PR wizard, in my opinion, and can definitely do her thing when it comes to, you know, the freelance journalism game. And of course, you know, she is a boss. We, we know Double Take Sports, too. I got to mention that. Karita Parks, what's going on? Man, that introduction, I don't know what to say. You did set me up nice. You set me up nice. <laughs> I'm good, though. How are you? I am doing great. It's been a time since I've seen you. And, of course, you know, the last time you were on the show, you were touting Jacksonville, and I really wasn't buying it. And, you know, I had to bring you back to kind of toot your own horn just a little bit. But we're going to get to that. We're going to get to what all, what all you're up to. <laughs> What all you're up to now as well. We're going to get into that. But, of course, to open the show, like any other show, I do the Get It Off Your Chest segment. And, boy, do I have some stuff to get off my chest on this one. Now, I will say that I thought that DeAndre Hopkins could potentially sign with the Tennessee Titans. I thought that for a while. People thought I was crazy. Why would he go to a team that's run first? It doesn't make any sense. That team has no chance of winning. Well, today, he's going to sign with the Tennessee Titans. And like, not today, but, you know, he's he's going to sign with the Tennessee Titans. The news broke. Um, so, to me, I like the signing, obviously. I thought I saw the fit. Uh, the offensive coordinator was around in Jackson, Jacksonville, mm, around in Houston when he had one of his best years. So, I saw that connection already. I saw the fit of him sliding into the number one wide receiver slot. Now you've got Burks going to the number two. You put Chikakwanku as the like the third option, which is great for the Titans. And then also you've got a Kyle Phillips and a Chris Moore, and you can put as the third wide receiver and let them down and duke it out. And then you know, Nick Westbrook and Kenny is still there as well, people. So to me, it kind of slots them into the right positions. It helps that team. Do I think they're gonna be different? Throw the football a little more? Possibly, but it gives them more weapons and it makes people pay for having to load the box against Derrick Henry. So, to be honest, I saw this signing coming. I, I thought it would come. I thought it would happen. And, hey, I'd like to say, hey, I was right. Now, I will say on the opposite side of this, the Titans have brought in wide receivers that are 30 and older before. Randy Moss, Carl Pickens. You've got, uh, let's see, who else do you have? You have, um, was NC Thigpen 30 when he came here? He might have been. Um, then you brought in, of course, Julio Jones. That was the latest uh, person they brought in. And all of those didn't necessarily pan out the way the Titans thought. So in this instance, it could go bad because of the history. So either way it goes, they're taking a chance. They're bringing in a wide receiver that they needed in DeAndre Hopkins. It's a two-year, $26 million deal. Uh, Twelve Up to $32 million can be made off of that deal guarantees or in incentives, I should say. Um, in the first year, it's $12 million. Uh, and let's see, it can be up to $15 million in the first year as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how things pan out. Does he become the piece that they need, or does he fall the way of the other 30 and older wide receivers that came to the Tennessee Titans? What are your thoughts, Karina? I agree with a lot of what you said. I think it's, we'll see, is DeAndre Hopkins the DeAndre Hopkins he was with the Texans? We didn't see a lot of that 
he's definitely still a talented wide receiver, but we just didn't see a lot of that with the Cardinals. And that just might've been the situation. So what I do think is the Titans did need to take a risk because they didn't really have a wide receiver threat, in my opinion, especially since the departure of AJ Brown. Yes. I know Traylon Burks was supposed to be AJ Brown's like replacement, but I don't think that he created the same threat that AJ Brown did. So to your point, if you load the box on Derrick Henry at this point, you got to worry about DeAndre Hopkins down the field. And I don't think they had that last year. I don't think you really had to worry about anyone down the field. So it definitely does give them some relief. I do think that regardless of if he's the DeAndre Hopkins of the Texans or not, he's still going to be, in my opinion, a legitimate addition to the Titans, unfortunately. Yes, she says unfortunately because somebody is from Google. So, you know, just keep that in mind, folks, when you're listening and watching. But uh, that, was, that that feedback, though, was my journalistic opinion. So you did great. You did great. You did great. <laughs> Thank you. But, uh, you know, I will say that, uh, you know, one of the other teams he was actually considering was the Baltimore Ravens at one point. I'm not saying, it, you know, the last two was basically the Patriots and the Titans, but at one point he was considering the Baltimore Ravens. And I would say you spent a little time with the Baltimore Ravens. For those that don't know, Karita is in the DC area. So, you know, she's big time up there, you know, DC area, uh, checking out two teams. Uh, one of those teams being the Baltimore Ravens. And you got to see Mr. Lamar Jackson, I believe, correct? I did. I was there on Lamar Jackson's media day. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So what's that? It just worked out that way. Okay. Okay. Or, or, or better yet, you probably just, you know, did your PR magic and made it happen. <laughs> that no, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that uh, definitely, uh, how has it been to kind of, uh, you know, that's not necessarily a team that you have covered a ton, but right. that's a, a team that, you know, you're, you're trying to get used to. So how's it been kind of covering Baltimore a little bit? It's been dope. It's just really funny because they're two different types of teams, like the Commanders, because if you don't know, I cover the Commanders too, but they're two different teams, um, just the way they operate. And that's not a knock against anyone. It's just a whole different vibe. You kind of have to be there. But it's been a really great opportunity. You know, um, John Harbaugh, the way that he operates, he has his rules. He even has rules for the media. So I think it's like pretty cool to kind of be in that environment. I mean, the way their media availabilities run. So it's nice to see two two different teams and how they operate. So it's been really great. You know, keep trying to keep up with both teams is definitely uh, fun. But like I said, it's been a great opportunity. And, you know, I like going up the Beltway to cover the Ravens when I have the opportunity. And there's a lot of talent on that team too. And so you kind of get to see, they do have bigger names, I think, than the commanders and, you know, just nationwide is what I'm saying. So it's been a pretty dope experience. Okay. A question I do have for you, you know, covering the the, the, the commanders, I know is, is a little different than the Ravens, like you obviously mm -hmm. stated, um, but with the Ravens, um, it just seems like to me, just from the outside looking in, there's a different energy now because mm -hmm. because Lamar is signed to a new deal. You have 
a new offensive coordinator and Greg Roman is out. You know, I'm pretty sure a lot of Ravens fans are rejoicing, but I digress. Um, so what is kind of the feel or the energy when you, when you talk to Lamar, you see the practices? Is Does it just seem like there's just a buzz about them going on right now? Yeah, you're spot on. And I think it really stems from Lamar Jackson getting his deal. Coming into the season last year, there was all this talk about, is he going to get a deal? He's holding out this and that. It was just all about his contract. And obviously that steeps into the season and it can still be a distraction. I don't care what anyone says. It can still be a distraction. This year, there's just a different focus. He's got his deal. Everyone around him knows that he has his deal. He feels more comfortable. He doesn't have to worry about that. There's a new um, OC, and the OC is giving him the control in the sense of, and Lamar Jackson said it himself, he said Todd Monken's giving them the key to the offense. So he's ha- he's empowered to do more. He's empowered to change plays based on what he sees on opposing teams' defenses. And so I think that you're going to see him taking more control of the offense this season. Yes, I, I am very, very excited to see that because – a lot of people think that Lamar is just a running quarterback. Right. But those people never saw him at Louisville under Bobby Petrino. Bobby Petrino actually had him throwing the football, running the football, doing all different kinds of things. And I think with this change in offensive coordinator, he's going to go back to those type of things. And I look forward to seeing that. And we're going to talk about the other team that you cover, but we're going to first take a commercial break on Touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Batten. A shift. A shift is something that happens and changes the dynamics. And that's what happened when Garrett Logistics was born. After 10 years as a sales pro in the logistics world of sporting goods, John Garrett decided to pivot to the world of freight and start a brokerage. So you're saying to yourself, why trust Garrett Logistics? Well, Garrett Logistics helps shippers improve overall workflow, along with increased on-time pickup and delivery percentages. Last-minute loads, multi-drop pickups, and more are part of the services with Garrett Logistics. They're available Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., and Saturday, 8 a.m. to 12 p.m., all times Central Standard Time. So give them a ring at 615-400-8484. That's 615-400-8484. Or you can email them at john at garrettlogistics.co or visit their website at garrettlogistics.co. Garrett Logistics, where the motto is, it's not just freight to us, it's your business. And we are back. Well, of course, uh, before we left for the break, we were talking about the Baltimore Ravens, but we can't leave out the other team in that area. And that'd be the Washington Commanders. Now, there's a little bit of buzz about them because, of course, who their offensive coordinator is this offseason that they brought in. But there's a lot of questions, too, about this team. First one being Mr. Sam Howell. Is he going to be the guy quarterback? Because I still feel like everyone is expecting him to fail and for someone else to be the quarterback at some point in time. Do you get that kind of feeling about that organization uh, from a lot of fans as well? It's interesting to me. I don't know if I would say – they expect him to fail, but you got to think about the quarterback carousel that's been going on with the commanders for the past 
at least three seasons since I started covering them in 2019. There's been no stability at quarterback. So I just don't think people necessarily have high hopes for that position in the area because there's just been so much back and forth. But with Sam Howell, if you have watched him, we haven't seen a lot of him, but we have seen him in the preseason. Then he got his chance at the end of last season to play. And I actually want to see more of him from what I've seen when he has played. I mean, he's got an arm on him. He can get out the pocket. And I think that if he has some consistency, he may be successful back there under center. He's a talented quarterback. You know, at one point, People thought he would be a first-round prospect. So um, Washington scooped him up, and now he has his opportunity. And I think that he will definitely at least be some be a quarterback that they should be paying attention to, and they should be giving him a chance. I definitely think there probably will be a quarterback competition because Ron Rivera loves a competition. But Sam Howell does have some dog in him, and I've seen it just from his conversation his press conferences, he's just more comfortable. So I really do want him to want to see him have more of an opportunity throughout the season to really see what he had what he can do, especially with Eric Bienemy. Got you, got you. It's gonna be interesting to see how he kind of Eric Bienemy, of course, kind of you know moves away from that shadow of Andy Reid and everyone saying, you know, when it's a good play in Kansas City that it was Andy Reid and when something bad happened. It was Eric Bieniemy, which I hate that that happened there. But now he's out of that shadow. He can go do his own thing and be like, hey, it's really me. It's really yeah. me that's doing this, not Andy Reid. So, and you know, I, I, the reason he took the job in Washington was to be able to show, which, like you said, it's unfortunate that he had to leave that situation to be able to show what he can do and not be in Andy Reid's shadow. But just think about how that would boost his resume even more if you could turn around the commander's office. <laughs> right, right. You know, and, and speaking of turning things around, Ron Rivera needs to kind of turn things around too because he's been there for a while and it's not necessarily looking too good for him, especially with a new ownership team. They're probably going to want their own guy. So it, I think it's very urgent that he wins right now. Do you see him – kind of feeling the pressure going into this year, or do you think he's just going to be the same Riverboat Ron that he's been his entire career? So Riverboat Ron is cool as a cucumber on the exterior, but I am sure that he feels the pressure. I mean, he's going into year three. The first season he had the cancer situation. Then, you know, last year was his first season where he was healthy and, didn't, and he wasn't dealing with cancer. But then the commanders were just shy, literally just shy of the playoffs. So this year, definitely, definitely the pressure is on. This is his third year. Like you said, new ownership group. I think that's also the reason why Ron Rivera brought in Eric Bieniemy. He had to take a gamble and get rid of Scott Turner because Scott Turner wasn't going to save his job. And that's for sure. So I'm glad that he took the chance on Eric being me. I mean, they, you know, they have a history together, but I definitely think that he feels the pressure and he knows that this is a season where he's going to have to show some success. Yeah. I think the playoffs are definitely, um, definitely have to be what happens this year without a doubt. Oh boy. Oh boy. Going to be some interesting things in commander land at the space station. 
like that, that I like to call it up there. I don't like to call it, you know, whatever anybody else does. No, this is space station up there. That's what I'm gonna call it out. Okay, the space station. <laughs> I, called, uh, I called I called Carson Wentz. Uh, I had him. Uh, I called him Commander Wentz last year. Oh goodness! So you got nicknames for all for the for the commanders, huh? <laughs> yep. Yeah, I ain't got one for Sam Howell yet. I can't call him Commander Howell because you know that, that stuck with you know stuck with Wentz. So I gotta give uh I, I give him Captain Howell. I can call him Captain Howell for right now. Yeah, you gotta you see know. what he does, what he's working with, and then you'll probably be able to pinpoint him with a nickname. Right, right. I mean, we could be calling him Sammy. I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Uh, That's what we're calling him Captain. <laughs> there we go. There he's running we that go. offense the way a captain should. There you go. There you go. We could call him Uncle Sam too, but no, nah, we ain't gonna do that. He ain't that. Oh, that sounds slow. <laughs> <laughs> Captain, better. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was actually thinking about the Uncle Sam. Remember the song Uncle, Uncle Sam? Don't want to see you again. Remember that one from back in the day? By who? Uh, by Uncle Sam. You don't remember that from back in the day? I don't think I do. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that off air, but okay. um, <laughs> but yeah, we gotta go into the uh, we gotta go into the South now. You know, we coming from the north. We got to go down to the south. That's Duval and Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, Jacksonville last year, you know, I, I you know, I thought the Titans would, you know, even though they were losing, I, I'm like, ah, oh, the Titans will still get it together and they'll win the division. Yeah. It didn't happen. The Titans lost the division. They just kind of imploded down the stretch of the season. Injuries and all those different things happened. Yeah. And the Jaguars just got stronger and stronger and stronger, and they were led. By Mr. Trevor Lawrence, aka Sunshine, <laughs> and they were, you know, they they just were an explosive offense. You had Christian Kirk, you had Evan Ingram, have the both of them having career years, and then you you know you had Zay Jones, aka uh, Bruce Leroy, in the slot, <laughs> you know, and then you know you had uh you know you had Marvin Jones Jr., which you know our senior, I'm sorry, and he wasn't necessarily a great weapon, but he was there and he was doing his yeah. thing. Now you fast forward to this season. What's that? I said, yeah, he was there when you needed him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was there when you needed him. So I, I'm, I'm gonna give you your your time because you know I was wrong and you were right. So go ahead and kind of you know you go ahead and have your moment. Talk about the Jaguars winning the division. I know you was hyped when it happened. It was just good to see them turn it around because the Jaguars, you know, for the past few seasons, it's just been rough for people back in Jacksonville. Obviously, I still have a lot of relationships back home. I see it on my timeline and everyone back in Jacksonville is very invested in the Jaguars. And so they had that year with Urban Meyer and that was just so, so bad. And, you know, I think the Jaguars fans wanted to have hope when Doug Peterson came in. He gave them some hope, but you still can't get too excited. So it was just good to see them put it together, give the fans something to be excited about. They hadn't beat the Titans in I don't know how many years at that point. And so just to see progress. I just think that Jacksonville fans have always wanted to see progress. And they finally got that last season. Now the Jaguars just need to build on it. Okay. All right. All right. And, and build on it they may because out goes Marvin Jones and in comes Calvin Ridley. Mm -hmm. Now, Calvin Ridley, to, to you know, be honest, I was talking with uh, my guest last week. Uh, that would be Dola White from 101 to Beat. He is our resident 
Atlanta Falcons fan in Nashville, but he was talking about how Calvin Ridley hasn't played for like a year and a half. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see how he acclimates back to the field, you know, getting that first hit, uh, you know, you know, making that first cut on, on a game day, those different types of things. Uh, so with, with him being added to this mix of an explosive offense already, I mean, what are your expectations for this offense this year? I mean, do you think it could be the best offense in football? Ooh, the best offense in football. That is a great question. In all of football, I mean, you still got, like, some really explosive offenses, like, in the NFL, period. Do I think that they can be up there with the best of them? Yes, I do. I definitely think they'll be able to compete, especially with Trevor Lawrence finding his groove. He found his confidence in the middle to end of last season going into playoffs. From what I've gathered from his personality, he's really hard on himself. And so, you know, he did you, when they lost the playoffs, he wasn't happy about that. So I think that you're going to see him come out, be more confident, be more sure of himself. And then the Jaguars, like you said, now they have Calvin Ridley. And yes, there'll be some rust. But at the end of the day, I think it's like riding a bike. And he, you know, he'll get back into his his groove and he'll find his way. He has something to prove. He's hungry. You know, he was the first, if I remember correctly, he was the first sports betting suspension for the NFL. Well, and hold so, on. He was, he was, he was the first. Okay. But he, right. was, he was the first in a sense. He was the first. Okay. The first right. one was the guy, uh, Shaw, the Josh Shaw guy from uh, USC. He was actually sitting in the actual, yeah, he was playing for the Arizona Cardinals at that time. So that guy was originally first, but yeah, this was the most under the new rules. Definitely Calvin Ridley was the new the first. Yeah, so I mean, he has that stigma on him. It took him out the game for a year and a half. I've seen his interviews, so I definitely believe that he's hungry. He has something to prove, and he's still an extremely talented wide receiver. He gives the Jaguars there he gives them another weapon and they still have Christian Kirk. They still have Zay Jones, Trevor Lawrence. They're still pretty much intact. So I think that we're going to see them build upon that success from last year and be an even more explosive offense because now they're coming into the season knowing what they can do and knowing what they can accomplish. And I think half the battle for coach uh, Peterson last season was getting that team to believe in themselves, especially after what they had went through the whole mockery the season before. <laughs> so I believe the Jaguars are coming in with a confidence like we can do this and we know we can do this. And I'm sure they have their eyes on the playoffs like they do every year, but now they know they can make it there. And I think you're going to see them play with a, a whole different focus. Okay. All right. All right. Now, Offensively, you know, everyone's talking about that. But defensively, you know, there are some holes that they need to fill, most notably the uh, the corner opposite of Tyson Campbell. You know, you don't know who's going to be there. Um, but another thing I want to think about is this team is think about how they were able to succeed last year defensively without really having a consistent pass rush. I mean, Josh Allen wasn't really the guy they thought he was going to be last year. Uh, you had uh, Trayvon Walker. He, he, he was a, a definitely a good you know run stopper and things like that, but he's still perfecting his pass rushing. Uh, Arden Key, you lost him in the offseason. He was kind of a 
pretty good pass rusher for that team. So I got to commend the the actual defensive coordinator for at least making them a, a solid defense despite not having a consistent pass rusher. So going into this season, um, Josh Allen, he's, he's probably on his last try to become the actual pass rusher they need. Do you think he actually finally takes that step to be the alpha on that defensive line? I'm going to say yes. Because I think that he knows what just what you said, that he just hasn't been consistent. It's really been about consistency. He just hasn't had that consistency. And I think he also knows that he has, like, this is the time where he's going to have to prove himself or he may not be there. He seemed to have a really great relationship with Doug Peterson, from what I can tell. So I think we will see him take a step forward this season and become the leader on that defense. I mean, I mean he is a leader on the defense, but I, I'm saying matching that on the field as well. And you saw a little bit of that from him at the end of last season and into the playoffs as well. But that whole defense was sort of kind of starting to gel, just like the offense and the entire team, really. So I think we'll also see them carry some of that into this season as well. So I'm hopeful that Josh Allen will take the step that he needs to take this season. We'll definitely see. I'm definitely going to be watching. I actually got to interview him mm-hmm. uh, in the draft. He actually was the draft was here in Nashville, and I actually got to interview him the day he got, or the week I should say, he got drafted. Very, very interesting young man and very, very, uh, very, very smart guy. I will say that. Very, very smart and intelligent guy to talk to. And, I, and I'm definitely rooting for him. Hoping he does well. But, you know, you just, you know, hoping somebody does well and him actually doing well. Totally two different things. I mean, we won't know until the season season starts. It, it, was, it was his rookie year, I think, that um, he was up for, like, defensive rookie of the year, right? And yes, he was. He had, to your point, he hasn't had the same production. But for him to even be at that point, his rookie year, I think we could see him bring it back around. But I am curious, really quick, because I don't want to take over your show. But what do you think? Mm-hmm. Do you think he'll be able to do it? Honestly, I, I'm not. I don't think he can. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be so, a solid guy. I think he's a solid guy, but I don't think he's a guy that's just going to pop out there. Okay. I don't and, and honestly, his rookie year, he had a veteran uh, guy on the opposite side of him. I can't remember the name escapes me right now, but he had a veteran on the opposite side of him. I think he had Clayus Campbell there too, still at that yeah. point. So you had a couple veterans that were taking attention away from you, and you got basically one on ones on the opposite side. Now he's the guy. He's going to garner that attention, and he needs somebody else to kind of step up and be that guy. That's why I kind of think. He's gonna be. He's a solid guy, but he's not that it guy on your off on your as a pass rusher for you. It's just not for me. That's a fair analysis too. That's a fair analysis. I can I can be partial. I can be partial. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, you know, definitely uh, we're gonna. You know, we've kind of went through all the questions and things like that. But at the end of every show, there is a game. Uh, it's five questions, two answers, and one choice. We're gonna get into that game, but of course, we're gonna take a commercial break. Uh, before we get into it on Touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. You ever miss your mom's home-cooked meals? Well, you're not always able to get to those, but you are able to get to H&T's Home Cooking. Established in 2005, Patty Poland and her staff go out six days a week to create some of the best home-style meals you can taste and at a fair price. 
So if you're in Nashville and you like chicken dressings, green beans, macaroni and cheese, and other things, stop by H&T's Home Cooking. Their address is 2264 Murfreesboro Pike, Nashville, Tennessee, 37217. And they are open Monday through Thursday and Sunday, 11 to 6.30, and Friday, 11 to 7. And if you want to order online, of course, the option is available as well at hthomecooking.com or you can call 615-367-0049. H&T's Home Cooking, food for your soul. All right, and we are back. And there is one thing left to do on this show. That is the game portion of the show. Five questions, two answers, one choice. Can be anything. Can be sports. Can be music. Can be anything. Are you ready, Karina? I don't know because your question's hard sometimes, but I guess I'll go <laughs> ahead and participate. <laughs> All right, Trevor Lawrence, thirty-five touchdowns, over or under next year? Ooh, over. Over. Okay. Go big or go home. I'm okay. Go over. Okay. All right. All right. Now I'm gonna go into music. We're going to go into a little bit of Florida music. <laughs> I'm going to ask you, I'm going to give you two songs. You got to okay. pick which one you would take. Okay. You got Trina, Baddest Chick, or Trick Daddy Nan. Which one you pick? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with Trick Daddy Nan because every time that comes on, like I'm still hyped. And plus, you got Trick and Trina in that song. Okay. All right. All right. I'll give you that one. This song still goes hard for me, so I'm going to go with that. Yeah. I mean, that song will never get old. Um, <laughs> now, the next question is, since you're a Florida girl, the pool or the beach, which one would you take first? The beach, especially now that I don't live in Florida anymore. That was such a commodity that I... You know, you don't realize until you move away that the beach is not as convenient as it is in Jacksonville everywhere. So I'm going to take the beach. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Now, since you do cover sports in the D.C. area, well, D.C., I should say, not the D.C. area, but um, which one do you enjoy covering more, the Wizards games or the Commanders games? Oh, man, that's not fair. <laughs> uh. <laughs> trying to avoid the question but i really enjoy both there's they're different they're they're fun for different reasons so i really do i mean i'm being honest like because nfl and nba they're so different i mean when mm -hmm. you cover the teams like they're just so different so i kind of like them both sorry sorry mike <laughs> we're gonna check with the, we're gonna check with the judges yeah we're gonna let that one pass okay thank you all right <laughs> now I've got one more song question to end this out on this one. All right, we got All I Do Is Win, DJ Khaled, or Smile, Lil Duval. Ooh. So are we going hometown or are we going DJ Khaled? Uh, love both songs, but I'm actually going to have to go with DJ Khaled on this one. Because I'm telling go You know, I just got to go with what my first instinct is, and it's all I do is win. Plus, all I do is win. So, you know. <laughs> oh, okay, then. I'm still going to tell a little Duval on you. But, uh, <laughs> that's my song, too, but I had to pick. <laughs> I'm telling a little Duval. I'm telling him. 
No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But that's uh, five questions, two answers, and one choice. That is the end of the show. I want to thank you, Karita, for coming on. If you want to, go ahead and tell everyone where they can find you, find your work, find you on social media. The floor is yours. All right. Well, you can find me on social media at Karita C. Parks on all platforms. You can also follow Double Take Sports at DBL Take Sports on all platforms. You can also check out the website. It's www.dbltakesports.com. And I believe that is all. If you follow me on any of those platforms, you'll see more from me and you can follow all of my other work as well. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of shocked you didn't say you had a TikTok. Okay. I do have a TikTok. <laughs> I said on all platforms. <laughs> but that also reminds me that you can follow Parks PR at Parks PR on Instagram. I only have an Instagram for that. Okay. Website, all right. All right. PR.com. Well, you know, I did say when you start when we started the show, you do everything. So, hey, you know, you, you, you kind of just showed it right there. You do everything. <laughs> uh, but you can, uh, you know, as for me, of course, I'm the host of the show, Mike Patton, you know, Mike P, whatever you want to call me. But, um, of course, you can find me on Twitter at MikePatton82. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at the, that's T-H-A, not T-H-E, underscore general, underscore M-P. As far as the show, Torn ASC South, you can find it on iHeartRadio, you can find it on Amazon Music, you can find it on Google Podcasts, Apple, I mean, anywhere, Spotify, you can find it anywhere, and then if you are able to find it, and you do find it, go ahead and subscribe, go ahead and share, go ahead and rate the show, leave a review, you know, send it in a pigeon out to your grandmama out and wherever, I'm just, I'm just kidding now, but uh, yeah, but whoever is listening, hey, I thank you. Uh, thank you all for listening and go ahead and subscribe to the show so you don't miss any other episodes because I got a nice one for you next one too. Oh, y'all gonna love it. But uh, you know, thank you everyone for tuning in uh and listening to Torn to ASC South with your host, Mike Patton. We're out.